is quickly coming to a, a climax with the preaching of the word and we're bringing somebody out of the bullpen he's been warming up all night take your mask off there you go it's kind of hard to hear understand somebody preaching if they're wearing a mask but when he's preaching we'll let him take it off okay is that alright this is uh youth pastor and we want him to come and let it out hallelujah praise God well, before he starts speaking brother Jason Matthews again thank you for coming this weekend powerful wonderful job on the sound system and also I noticed just now you were moving in the spirit and that was worth very much to us thank you so much Praise God. All right, brother. Praise the Lord, church. It's amazing when uh, you get asked to speak how um, all, of your, all of your liquid that's in your mouth makes its way downward right before you get up. So I have not much liquid in my mouth currently. So uh, I'm going to probably drink for a little while. Hold on. Just give me a second. Thank you. <laughs> so Brother Stoops asked me last week if I could speak on, uh, preach on Sunday night, which I thought maybe he was mistaken. I was like, Sunday night? Isn't that when you bring up the big guns? Big wigs, Sunday night. So you got the little wig today in stature as well as status. If you guys can preach with me, I would like Brother Stoops to not think that I bombed. So if you can give me your undivided attention. I know God is ordained this service, and I appreciate so much the move of God that we've already felt here, but I know God has more for us. Is that okay if you just listen to me for just a few moments? Just a few moments. I'm not going to be fast. I mean, I am going to be fast. I'm not going to be slow. I'm going to try not to talk fast is what I'm going to try not to do. So it was Tuesday, Wednesday night, Wednesday morning, Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, I woke up in the middle of the night because when Brother Stoops asked you to preach, it's a little different than preaching at youth, although I have a burden for our youth, but it's a little easier to preach to younger people. You don't have to sound so eloquent. You don't have to sound so smart. But I, <laughs> I, uh, I preach all the time on Sunday morning, but Brother Stoops has yet to hear me preach, I don't think. So you're about to hear it, brother. So Tuesday, Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, I woke up, and I was praying, and I was asking God. I had the day off, and uh, I was coming here to work on the church. And before I came here, I felt like God was laying this message on my heart. And I just, God was speaking to me, and I just began writing and writing and writing. And I have eight pages of notes, but it's in big print so I can read it. So don't worry. So brothers, as, as I, I wrote down, I felt like I, God was giving me this message, and I came Wednesday night. And I've heard this before, people say, you know, you preached my message. But Wednesday night I got here and Brother Caleb got up and he started speaking and I'm like, huh, sounds pretty familiar. And so it wasn't the same message, but I felt like it was along the same line. So I know I'm straight from the will of God. So if you came to hear me speak, you're going to be very disappointed. But I hope God can speak through me and I hope you can see past me 
and see Jesus. So if you can stand, I'd like to read a portion of Scripture. I'd like to read Esther 4, 13 and 14. 4, 13 and 14. Then more, uh, I guess I'll give you a second to find it. When you have it, I don't know if anyone's actually looking in your Bible. Are you guys reading your Bibles now? I don't know. Okay, good. I don't know if you're, if you can read it up here too, it's here. Then Mordecai commanded to answer Esther, Think not with thy, thyself that thou shalt escape in the king's house more than all the Jews. For if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. So what he's saying there is, if you don't say something, there will be, a, there will still be, the Jews will still um, get delivered from another place. So it'll have to come from another place. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. And who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Brother Stoops, can you pray over the message? You may be seated. How many of you have ever had something that you had in your hands and you wanted to put it in a safe place? How many has ever done that? You had something, you said, I got to put this in a safe place so I remember it. You put it in a safe place and maybe you put that in a place you wouldn't normally put something. And then a month later, maybe two months, maybe six months later, you say, yes. I put that in a safe place. And then you go looking for it. So you, you maybe go in the kitchen where you made that big decision to put it in the safe place. You go in the kitchen and you try to recreate the situation you were in. How many know what I'm talking about? You ever been there? You try to recreate that situation and you're like, okay, I was in the kitchen. I was in the kitchen. Then what happened? I looked at the cupboard and I thought that was, no, I didn't put it in the cupboard. And you look around and Maybe your house is a little cluttery. You're like, man, where is that? Where is this? So you're, you proceed to go through your house. How many's ever done that? Something that you really wanted, you started going through your house. You're like, maybe if I clean up the clutter. Maybe if I touch everything in the house. You know? Maybe if I go through all the cupboards. Maybe if I go through all my drawers. Maybe if I organize, get rid of everything. Maybe if I go through, you go through the whole house. And you clean everything. Maybe it was in the garage if you're a guy. You lost something in the garage. You put it in a safe place in the garage. And so you have to clean the whole garage. Or maybe you lost it in your car. Isn't that weird? You can lose something in your car? Maybe in the pit of despair in the middle. You know what I'm talking about, where you just endlessly pull out fries and all kinds of randomness that slip down through the cracks. But you clean your whole car or you, you, whatever, and you, you, you get to the place and you... For some reason, you still didn't come across that thing that you were looking for after you cleaned everything. It's like, I touched everything. Where could it possibly be? So then at that point, then you go back and you try to recreate it again. And then bam. I don't even know what I'm talking about. That bam. All of a sudden, you remember where it was. Oh, yeah, it was in the closet behind blah, 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 blah. Your house, there was too much chaos in the house for you to, to be able to really go through and calculate where you might have put it. There's two, you had to get rid of all of the clutter before your brain could process. 
where that might have been. The problem is when the house is a mess and there is too much clutter around your brain, it's overloaded and cannot concentrate on the task at hand. But once you remove all the distractions, the thing that was important becomes apparent. The thing that was important becomes apparent. Currently in this pandemic world we live in, we're all masked up. We're all masked up. And at where I work, we have to wear masks. And I got to wear a mask from the time I get out of my car to the time I go home. Except in the Porter John, because I work construction. Which actually, I probably should have it in the Porter John. Now that I'm thinking about it, there's probably some viruses in there I don't want. So I'm, in, I'm at work, and it, how many know glasses-wearing people? What happens when you walk, when it's cold outside, and you walk into a warm building? How many know what that is? You're doing this, right? Taking it off. Of course, when I take it off, it's worse than when I have it on. So I might as well just look through the fog, maybe the bottom of my glasses, right? So at work, every breath I take is like I'm walking into a warm building. Every two seconds, I'm walking into a warm building. Every breath I take, it fogs up, and, I, and it's so hard to concentrate on my job. I can't think of anything else but the fog that's in my face. I can't see anything. I'm irritated. Don't talk to I don't even know what I'm doing anymore. All I see is a stupid fog that I can't. I tried taping my nose. I tried doing, I mean, I've tried everything. I think the only solution is to go blind. And sometimes the thing that is in front of your face gets the most attention. The thing that's right in front of your face gets the most attention. How many found that to be true? In the United States of America, we have what we call a constitution. How many know what the constitution is? The constitution's purpose is not to only to ensure that we have the law and order, but to provide security and protect our liberties and to protect our freedoms. We are one of the most free nations on the planet. America is one of the most free nations on the planet. We have the liberty to worship God and to share our faith without persecution. We can share our faith without persecution. Currently, of course, we're in a health crisis and that has added a new dynamic to the way that we talk to people, the way we minister to people, the way that we come to church. Nonetheless, we're adapting and we're pressing on. We're still living in one of the easiest times in human history to live. The easiest time in human history to live. Food is plenty. Shelter is easy. Everything comes fairly easy to us. We, don't, we hunt, but we don't really hunt for food. We hunt for fun. We say we hunt for food, but we spend like, you know, $30,000 on equipment and tree stands and cost you more money to hunt than to just go buy some food. It's fun, right? Some people spend a lot of money and don't get any deer. David. <laughs> we haven't seen many shortages in America. 
except for the crisis of toilet paper in 2020. Which is a luxury. You don't need toilet paper. They did it with leaves for years. We're good. It's never been easier to shine the light of God than right now. Social media has created access to millions and millions of people we would have never been able to reach. Think of what we do with our media ministry. Think of the thousands of people that this church has been able to reach through social media. As much as I hate social media, social media used the right way is good. It gives us access to people. We're in their hand. We're in their homes. It's never been easier. We are closer to the departure of the church now than ever before. You can feel the world shaking. You can see the uncertainty in the climate of the world right now as Christ's return is just around the corner. It's just around the corner. I can feel it. How many can feel it? Christ's return is imminent. If we are not careful, the church can get caught up in the same things that the world is caught up in. We can get consumed by the systems of the world, as Brother Caleb preached. We can be consumed by it. We can get consumed with politics, careers, money, buying stuff, and pleasure. The same things that the world is focused on seems sometimes it's the same thing the church is focused on. U.S. politics seems like it's taken, taken over the world. The whole world is looking at the U.S. and our politics, and it's consumed our mind, and it's consumed our speech. You almost can't have a conversation in public right now without bringing up politics. It's consumed everything about our culture. In Matthew 6.34, it says, Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble on its own. We are not like them. We are not like them. It says in the Bible in 2 Timothy 3, verse 3, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good. How many, does that sound familiar? Traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. From such, turn away. They're ever, for, for the sort of thing which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sin, led away with diverse lusts, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of truth. Ain't that us today? Ever learning. People are learning and learning and learning and learning, and they never come to the truth. Now as James and Jambres withstood Moses so that they also resist the truth, men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith, but they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifest unto all men, and theirs also was. But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience. 
persecutions, afflictions, which come unto me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystria, what, what persecutions I endured, but out of them the Lord delivered me. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. In the last days, all that live godly will suffer persecution. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned, and thou hast been assured of, knowing that whom that has learned them, and that from the child has known the holy scriptures, which are able to make the wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. We know the end. So we are not like them. We aren't concerned with tomorrow. We, do, we know who has us in the palm of the hands. Who has us in the palm of our hands? We're not worried about tomorrow. Amen? We knew the last days were going to be like this. The Bible tells us if you read your Bible at all, it shouldn't come as no surprise that that's how the world is. Morals are gone. People are deceived. People are, people are delusioned. People don't even know what's le right, what's left, what's, what's right, what's wrong. No one knows which way to turn. The whole world is shaken as God is looking at his church and asking, is there anyone who will not concern themselves with the climate of the world? Is there anyone who will fall on their face before God and say, starting right now, God. Starting right now, I've been distracted. There's been so many distractions. But starting right now, my focus is your kingdom. Our mission is to seek out the hurting, to seek out the broken, the lost, the helpless, and the hopeless, and to offer hope. Our actions need to match our words. The way we live needs to, to match the words we speak. Every week we come here, we express faith in Jesus. Amen? We, exp we express faith in Jesus. And God's got this. We say he knows the end from the beginning. He has a plan for our life. But let not our words be in vain, but our lives speak that you are all-knowing and you are all-powerful. Let our lives speak that. Amen? In 1 Corinthians 9, 16, and 25, it says, For thou I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of. For necessity is laid upon me. Yea, woe is unto me. I preach not the gospel. For if I do this thing willingly, I have a reward. But it is, if against my will, a dispensation of the gospel is committed unto me. What is my reward then? Verily that when I preach the gospel, I may make the gospel of Christ without charge, that I abuse not the power in the gospel. For, I, for thou I may be free of men, for though I may be free of men, yet have I made myself a servant unto all, that I might gain the more. I'm free from men. This is what the Bible's saying. I'm free from men, but I have made myself a servant. And unto the Jews I became as a Jew that I might gain the Jews, to them that are under the law as under the law, but I might gain them that is under the law. To them that are without the law as without law, being not without the law to God, but under the law to Christ, that I might gain them that are without law. To the weak become I as weak, that I might gain the weak. I'm, I have made all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. I want you to think about that scripture. It says, I am made of all things to all men that I might by all means save some. You know what that means? That means that when you meet somebody that maybe has a different opinion than you do, maybe they don't share the same views as you do, 
Maybe they don't, maybe they don't have the same morals that you do. Maybe they don't even believe in God like you do. Maybe they are an atheist. Maybe they have a different political affiliation. It says, I am all things to all people, all men, that I might by all means save some. God never promised us that we would, we will have, this is, this is something that might be a little controversial, and I'm sorry, Pastor, but I, I just, I felt like God wanted me to say it. God never promised us that we would have, we would have religious freedom. He never promised us the constitutional rights. And to get my heart, I am all for religious freedom. I love what we have in our country, but God never promised us that. He never promised us the road to heaven wasn't going to have obstacles. He actually says we're going to suffer persecution. He didn't say that it would be easy, but guess what he said? It would be worth it in the end. Amen? And yes, it is nice to have all of these things. It makes it very easy to live for God in the United States of America. It's a lot harder to live for God in some places. It is a lot hard. It's easy. We can just walk in the church. We can just walk in the church. We can worship God in our homes. We can worship God. We can witness to people in the streets. We have a lot of freedom of religion here, and it's helpful. But guess what? If we don't use it, we lose it. We have religious freedom. I'm going to talk about something that maybe is even a little more controversial. We talk about big tech censoring us, and I believe that they are. I understand the concern as a human. I believe that we have the right to free speech. But I got to thinking about this, and I thought, I haven't seen one thing on social media that we were, when we were encouraging someone that we were posting about the goodness of God, that we were posting our testimony, that we were, posting, we were posting scripture, we were encouraging people where they censored us. I've never seen it. Maybe they'll come one day and they'll do it, but right now, we have religious freedom even in big tech. We have religious freedom even with the big tech companies. They're not censoring the church. We're able to live stream this right now, and they're not blocking it. We're live streaming this right now on big tech platforms and reaching a world, and they're not blocking us right now. God is still giving us a window. He's given us a window to be salt and light. He hasn't been censoring us. We're allowed to use those platforms correctly. And yes, I agree that they have too much control. I agree. But guess what? We're still allowed to proclaim the name of Jesus and be a witness. He's never censored a message on Facebook where you're, call, you're messaging someone, encouraging them. You're worried about them. You're praying for them. They haven't censored any of that. So what's stopping us? Amen? God has called us to be separate and peculiar and chosen. And sometimes we always like to put it in the context of we look different, we come to church, we're different, we don't do the things they do, but we kind of forget that we need to be above the storm. We're in the boat. This is The boat is the church, and the world is in a storm right now, and there's waves everywhere, and God's the captain, and we're manning the sails. But we're above the water 
We don't jump down in the water. We're pulling people out of the water. We're bringing them in the boat. We're pulling people out of the water. They get enough of that. They get enough negativity. They don't need it from the church. God has called us for such a time as this. Whatever world problem has your focus right now? Whatever problem, one thing I realized, I used to always make fun of old people. Sorry, old people. Because every time I talk to the old people, they seem to tell me what was wrong with them. Their aches and pains and ailments. And I was like, is that all old people have to look forward to is being crippled? You don't have to feel like you're old. You're only as young as you feel, right? I used to think, is that all that they can focus on? Isn't there more? But then one time I cricked my neck. At work, I cricked my neck a little bit. It wasn't major, but I couldn't move my neck, and I was doing this and that, and I was telling everybody I saw about my neck. My neck hurts. I did this, I did that, and I'm like, I'm an old person. This is why it's hard to focus on something when you have a neck pain. I can't think of anything else. But God has called us for such a time is it? It's time to clear the clutter. Clear the clutter that is in your life. There's so much clutter, so much stuff by We are not meant to handle all the stuff that's bombarding us. But before there was big tech, before there was Facebook, before there was Instagram, we didn't know everybody in the world that died. We only knew the people close to us, which was heavy enough. Think of it. When you were a kid, you could go out and play. My mom, I'm not saying you neglected us, mom, but you kind of did. And that's fine. I turned out just fine. But I used to risk take off from school, and I would just ride my bike, and I'd go here, and I'd go there. I wouldn't come home till the, it's nighttime. The lights came on, and that was my signal to go home. Probably supper time. We can't do that anymore. Do you know why? This is my theory. And you can take it or you can leave it, but I think it's the truth. We know too much. Back then, we were oblivious. But now, we're, we're hearing every single kidnapping across the whole world. And we think, if I put my kid outside, there's going to be a kidnapped. But guess what? What's the last kidnapping you heard of in the state of Maine? I can't tell you. Because we're, we hear it so much, now we're so scared. I can't even put my kids outside without peeking out on them every two seconds. Where are they? Where, oh, I didn't see you. You went by the house. Get back here. You're going to get kidnapped, kid. But guess what? They're probably not going to get kidnapped. It's just we know more. We have more negativity thrown at us all the time. It's hard to get. We're not made, meant to carry that weight. It's too much. Too much death. Too much negativity. Too much kidnappings and this and sex trafficking. All this stuff's thrown on us. And we're not meant to carry that burden. We can't control it. We can only control what's in front of us. So why take all that brain space that you could be out there witnessing? You could be out there helping somebody close to you. You could be helping your neighbor. And we're sitting there, we're bogged down by so much stuff. We're like, God, I can't do it all. I got too much weight on my shoulders. But God never meant for us to carry all that. 
God's got this. He's got you in the palm of his hand. He knows the end from the beginning. And so you don't have to worry yourself with the cares of this world. God knows what's going on. It's no surprise to him. It's no surprise to him, so it shouldn't be a surprise to us. God wants us to find, he wants chains to be lifted. Lonely people find a place to belong. Helpless people finding hope, hurting people finding strength, broken people having their ruins of their life picked back up in peace, back together again. God cares about our eternity. There's a song that I want to say the words to. I'm not going to sing it because it would hurt all your ears. But there's a song that we used to play on the radio probably about, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago. It said, step out on the busy street. I see a girl and our eyes meet. Does her best to smile at me, to hide what's underneath. There's a man just to her right with a black suit and a bright red tie. He's too ashamed to tell his wife that he's out of work and he's just buying time. All these people are going somewhere. Why have I never cared? Give me your eyes for just one second. Give me your eyes so I can see everything that I keep missing. God, give me a love for humanity. Give me the arms for the brokenhearted, the ones that are far beyond my reach. Give me your heart for the ones that are forgotten. Give me your eyes so I can see. I've been there a million times, a couple of million lies, just moving past me. I swear I never thought that I was wrong. God, give me a second glance and give me a second chance to see the way you've seen these people all along. We always don't know what to do. Joe, if you can come to the keyboard, I'm going to close with this. We don't always know what to do. We don't always know what to think. And we don't always know exactly where our focus needs to be when we rely on our own sense of world problems. And sometimes... Sometimes the utter chaos in the world causes us to get ourselves in a place mentally where you feel anxious. How many of you have been feeling a little anxious? Been feeling stressed, depressed, helpless, and hopeless. But God says, Come unto me, all ye that are weary, and I will give you rest. There is many things in this world that we cannot control. I would dare say almost everything in this world we cannot control. Sometimes we can't even keep our own flesh under control. And the first foundations right now are cracking. They don't know right from wrong. They don't have much morality left. They're in disarray, but God is looking at you and I. And God is saying to his church, I know the end from the beginning. Do not worry about tomorrow. Do what you can with the resources you have to set this world on fire for him. It's time to refocus. Sometimes we think lay aside every weight that doth easily be weight and sin. But what he's saying, when he's saying weight, some things we're just not meant to carry. We can be concerned and we can pray and we can love, but we're not meant to carry it on our own backs. 
weighing us down and weighing us down and it's all we can focus on because there's so much they they feed us negativity because it sells and guess what we buy it we buy it and we click on it and we click on it and we share it and we comment on it because it sells and it keeps us coming back and coming back and coming back and coming back and we have heard message after message after message in this church about God having you in the palm of his hand. God has it in control. God, he knows everything that needs to happen. God is looking for his church to stand up. God is looking for us to cause a revival. God is looking for us to set this world on fire. We've heard it. We've heard it. And we've heard it. And we've heard it. And sometimes it's just like hard for us to apply it because we have so much weight weighing on us from all the chaos of the world. And God is saying, I'm not about that system. I am a global God. And sometimes, yes, we live in a system and we have to abide by that system. But we are not of this world. Brother Caleb preached, what are you of? There are souls that are hanging in the balance. There are kids that are in homes that are unhealthy and have nothing but chaos. There are moms and dads that are stressed and overwhelmed. There are people that are lonely and there's people that are depressed. And there are those who just need someone to reach out and someone to love them and someone to be light. God has called us for such a time as this. I wonder if we can all bow our heads. God gave me this message. I don't know who it's for. I know it, it was for me. But I know it's for more than one person in this room. We have been consumed by what the world has been feeding us. We're consumed with the political world. We're consumed with the chaos. We're consumed with all of the hurt and pain of other people. Which we need to be. But God wants you to roll that burden off at the altar. God wants you to roll that burden and say, come unto me that are weary and heavy laden, I'll give you rest. God wants to give someone rest. I feel in my spirit as I was speaking that God, there's been someone that's been in pain. And it's agonized, it's taking up all your attention and focus. And you're laying in bed and you feel pain. And you wake up and you're feeling pain and it's right there glaring in your face all the time and it's hard for you to focus on anything else because it's consuming your mind. God wants to lift that burden off you today. He wants you to roll it to him and he wants to take your heart and he wants to take your mind and clear all of that clutter that's blurring your vision. God has called us for a specific purpose. God brought us to this earth to have a relationship with him and for you to lead others to him. And I wonder, I wonder if there's someone in this room that feels like, God, life's been too heavy. God, I felt it. God, 
I'm still feeling it right now, but God, I'm going to come forward right now. I'm going to lay it down at the altar. God, and I'm going to pass it to you, Jesus. I'm not saying don't do your part because I think we need to do what we can with the resources and the ability that we have to do, we're going to do. But you can't focus on everything. It's too much. You can pray about it, but you need to ultimately leave it in the hands of God. I wonder if someone's bold enough to come forward. You've been dealing with maybe depression. Maybe that's been in your eyes. Your anxiety and depression has been clogging your vision. Maybe pain or sickness has been clogging your vision. It's all you can focus on. And God wants to take it from you right now if you were bold enough to come forward. God wants to take that pain from your body. God wants to take that burden from your shoulders. God wants to heal your heart and God wants to take that clutter away from your life so that you can focus on the mission and the mission is other people. I've never seen somebody come to God through a screaming match. I've never seen someone come to God through an argument but I've seen people come to God by being a light I've seen people coming through to God by being kind. I've seen people come to God by loving people, by listening to people, and by speaking faith into their life. It's time to clear the clutter from our life so that we can focus on the mission that is at hand. If we can all stand. Oh, Jesus. God, you're in this room right now. God, I can feel you in this room right now, Jesus. God, you're moving on hearts. You're touching hearts right now, Jesus. Jesus, let us be sensitive to what you have for us today, God. God, let us be sensitive, God. Give us your eyes, God, for one second, Jesus. God, give us your eyes. Give us your heart, Jesus. Oh